Well, if you are looking for an object or an item and you're having trouble getting a hold of it, one of the things you might do is you might go online, get on Amazon and find what you're looking for, place your order, and chances are a couple days later you're going to have what you wanted. And I don't know about you, but I know sometimes I've wished that prayer could be that straightforward. Like, you know, you place an order, a couple days later you get what you were hoping for. Um, But we know it, it doesn't work like that, does it? God didn't intend for it to. But I do want us to think about how we bring our needs before God and, and how we ask him for, for the things that are, that are on our hearts and the real needs of our lives. These are things that, that, that we need to think about as believers. And, and every one of us, if truth be told, we got a long list of needs, whether it be health issues or family issues, personal struggles, the the list could go on. There's no shortage of of areas where we need God to to work in our lives and and we need need his help. There's no shortage of areas like that at all. Well, this morning we'll be in Matthew chapter 6. We'll look particularly at verse 11 as we continue our journey through uh, the Lord's Prayer or probably better be called the model prayer. You'll remember this is a part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And and he's teaching what it means in the Sermon on the Mount to be a true follower of Christ. And and part of that means to be a people of of prayer, to be a person who who goes to him in prayer. Now, you'll remember in the weeks leading up to today, we've looked at this uh, prayer. And and we've seen uh, uh, prayer requests like, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So we've seen these requests that have focused on on who God is and and on his desire, the the furtherance of his kingdom, that his rule uh, might extend on this earth, that people might become believers. And and we've seen this this idea of praying for his will to be accomplished in our lives and and in the lives of of others. Well, this morning, the, the, the passage takes a different turn, and we begin to talk about the needs that are real in our lives. Let's look together at Matthew 6, beginning in verse 9. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And so we'll focus there on verse 11, and we're going to see another important element of prayer. When you pray, ask God to meet your needs. When you pray, ask God to to meet your needs. We we see this very simple idea here that that we can bring the the needs of our lives to God. What an incredible truth. Now, I want you to think for a moment. We've been thinking of these, these majestic requests, your kingdom come, your will be done. And now the focus is on food. It's on a meal. What an, what an amazing way to pray. We can talk to the God of, of the heavens and the earth who's majestic and whose kingdom reign is, is amazing and powerful. And now we're talking to him about the food that we need. Oh, we have a God who loves us, a God who cares, a God who's with us. What a beautiful truth we see in verse 11 today. Let's focus on on. Uh, the different aspects of the words in this verse and, and see what we can learn about bringing our needs to God. First, let's think about the word give. Jesus says to his disciples, go to God and, and say to him, give. 
give us this day our, our daily bread. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying that the disciples could seek God for, for what they don't have. And we know that Scripture teaches that God is the giver of all good things. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. So all good gifts that we might get, well, they are from God. And so here Jesus says, we pray to God and we ask him to, to give. Now we know that God's supply is unlimited. Psalm 50 verse 10 reminds us that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. His resources are limitless. Whatever we need, God is able. He, he's able to provide. In Matthew 7, later in the Sermon on the Mount, beginning in verse 9, Jesus taught about asking God. He said this, of which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So we see the importance of asking, of, of asking God for our needs. Now, let me be clear. This is not an excuse for laziness. Sometimes somebody might say, well, I don't really have to do a lot because, you know, I'm supposed to just ask and God's going to give. And, and so I don't really need to worry about it. But that doesn't really square with, with what Scripture teaches. God's intent is for, for able-bodied people to be productive and, and, and to, to work and to contribute. In fact, in Deuteronomy 8, 18, God told his people back in the Old Testament, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. What, what's the uh, scripture teaching us here? That our ability to work is a gift from God. That our ability to make money is a gift. That, that's something that God gives us in his goodness. So do we ask? Do we say, God, give us this day? You bet we do. But we also want to recognize that God gives us abilities. And in and, and that way, he enables us to, to work and to gain wealth. Ephesians 4.28 says it like this. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So we see this picture of you go to God and you ask him to give, to meet your needs, to help you. And um, look for ways to, 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 to work and, and, and to labor. Recognizing that even, having, that even having a job is a gift from God. The ability to work is a gift from God. So we go to God as the giver of all good things. The giver of all good things. And, and we ask him knowing that he is just that. Now, yesterday morning, my daughter Kate got up early. And you parents understand what I mean by that. Um, she got up early. It was good to see her, but could have been a little later. But the first thing out of her mouth is, Daddy, Daddy, can I have some cookies? Because her mom had made chocolate chip cookies the night before. Now, she doesn't go to mom for those requests. I don't know why. She, she comes to me. But you know what? She didn't hesitate to ask me. She didn't hesitate. It wasn't like, well, I shouldn't ask. Or, No, she just came asking. And I'm saying to you, if you belong to God, ask him. Ask him. Bring your needs to him. He cares. Bring your needs. It, it matters to him. Now, as we continue in this verse, notice that it says, give us our daily bread. This is, this is 
in the plural. Once again, I'm not praying, God, give me my daily bread. I'm praying, Lord, give us our daily bread. Now, remember, Jesus was teaching his disciples. There, there was crowds gathered around, but he, he particularly focused on his disciples. And he said, if you want to be a true follower of mine, this is what it means. And this was because Jesus would intend for his people to, to be a part of a family. And when we pray, we're supposed to pray not just for ourselves, but, but for each other. So, so there's meant to be a concern within the family of God for, for others, for our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's one of the, the really important reasons that, that every one of us needs to be a part of a family. All throughout the teachings of Jesus, he, he expects us to be in community with other believers, joined together. And, and so we see that following Jesus isn't a solo sport, but it's a team sport. And we, we see that even in the prayer here. I want you to imagine for a moment, maybe you've had this experience, being away from your family at, at Christmas. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you were away from your family because of a, a job commitment or service in the military or sickness or travel issues. And maybe you found yourself on Christmas all alone. Think about what that feels like. You think of being with people that you love, but you're alone. I want you to know if you belong to Jesus, he never intends for you to be alone. He always wants you to be with your family. And so even in our prayers, we're praying, God, give us our daily bread. We're thinking of others who are a part of our family, but who are a part of our faith family. So we're praying for each other. In this way, we're never alone. Even in our prayers, we're not alone. We know that others are laboring for us before God in prayer. What a beautiful truth. What an encouragement. That, that blesses me to think that, that in my trials and challenges, I'm not alone. I got other people who are beside me. And God wants every one of us to be a part of a, a community of believers. So he says, give us this day our daily bread. So there's this emphasis on the idea of today. This very day. Now, most of the time, the Jews, uh, they had prayers throughout the day, but there was an emphasis on the morning prayer and the evening prayer. And so if, if the prayer that, that Jesus taught here was prayed in the evening, then this was a prayer for the bread for the day ahead. If it was a prayer in the morning, then this was a prayer for the day's provision. So, so you had the same idea in, in a couple different ways, depending on when it was prayed. But the idea is, God, I need provision for today. Take care of me today. Meet my needs today. Now, it's hard to read this passage without thinking back to a period of time in the the, uh, history of Israel when the Israelites had been delivered from Egypt. You'll remember that God had miraculously delivered them from Egypt. It was a, a beautiful display of his love and care for his people. But now they're wandering on their way to the promised land and they need some food. And in Exodus, chapter 16, beginning in verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So here, after God had rescued his people from Egypt, he provided Bread from heaven, manna, just enough for the day. And if they gathered more, it would go bad. 
And it was a way of of God testing his people to see if they would trust him, to see if they would believe him. And what we see in Jesus' teaching here is he's not saying God's going to provide for you enough for the next 20 years. No, he's saying, trust me for today. Brothers and sisters, when you try to carry the weight of the future and you try to figure all of these things out, it's more than you're meant to bear. You, you pray. You pray that God will take care of today. You can, you can pray about the future, of course, but God will meet your needs for the day. He taught his people to trust him, to rely on him, to constantly rest in him, to constantly rest in him. Now, many workers in Jesus' day were paid daily. They, they were day laborers. In other words, they would... They would you know, get a job in the morning and they would get paid in the evening when, when they were finished with the job. And we see this even in the parable of the laborers from Matthew 20, when, when the laborers would, one of the laborers worked full day and another worked less and, and then they got paid the same amount and they were frustrated. But what you see in that parable is that a lot of folks in Jesus' time, and they got the money for the day, just, just enough for today. In fact, Jesus himself didn't live in abundance. And Matthew 8.20, Jesus said, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, this thinking of the needs for today is fairly strange in our American context where most of us, we, we're not worried about the needs for the day. Most of the time, we got food for today. And so when we think about the needs for the day, that, that just sounds odd often. But in reality... God intends for his people to rest in him each and every day to recognize that he'll take care of what you need for this day. And as we think of the abundance that God has given us, it ought to cause us to to be grateful, to to have gratitude for the ways that that God has provided in many of our lives, not just for the day, but but for the month um, or, or more. Now, oftentimes... We want kind of money in the bank. We want, to, we want a lot of money in the bank because that becomes a way to, to have security. If, if I've got all of this money, then I can know that, that I'll be okay. And, and I'm not telling you that it's wrong to have money in the bank. There's, you know, being a good steward and saving and all. Those are good things. And, and the Bible wouldn't teach against them. But brothers and sisters, please hear me. The money in the bank is not your security. It's not. Our security comes from knowing the Lord day by day, trusting him with the needs of today. Now, what does he ask for? He says, give us this day our daily bread. He's praying for for bread. Now, throughout the history of the church, there have been attempts to spiritualize this, to say, well, this is not talking about earthly food. This is talking about the Lord's Supper and Jesus' body being bread. So here Jesus is teaching that we ought to pray for spiritual nourishment, which is not a bad thing to pray for, that we would grow spiritually. That's a good thing to pray for. But I think this text is pretty clear, that the plain sense of this text, the plain reading of this text, would lead us to believe that Jesus is teaching just what it says he is, that we can pray that our needs will be met. So bread doesn't just mean, you know, uh, a loaf of bread, obviously. It, It means more than that. It means that God would meet all of our physical needs, that 
that we could count on, count on him for all of it. The, the reformer Martin Luther said this, daily bread includes everything that has to do with support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers and devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. So, so we get this idea that we can bring all sorts of needs to God. The needs that would, would be good for our, our welfare, for our health, etc. And so we can, we can seek God for all of those kinds of things, the, the various needs that, that we have. Consider the words of Jesus in this chapter, uh, uh, Matthew 6.25, later in the chapter. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body for what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to this span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, you have a need, ask for it. Bring it to him, and then quit worrying. Quit, quit fretting and troubling yourself. Leave it in his hands. He takes care of the birds. He takes care of the lilies. Trust him. That's what Jesus is saying. Give us this day our daily bread. God, you take care of this. I can't bear it. It's too heavy for me. God will. He will. He will take care of us. So we seek him for our needs. We seek him for the things that are on our hearts, that, that burden us. We bring these things to him. We bring them to him. I remember when I was a, a freshman at UT Arlington, and it was the end of the semester. I had a couple of exams left. I'd finished a couple, and I was flat out of money, and I was out of food. I, didn't, I wasn't on a meal plan. I had a refrigerator in the dorm and sort of tried to, to make do like that. And, but it was the end. Had, I mean, I didn't have anything left, like penniless. I was done. And, and so I was just praying, God, please help me somehow because I did not want to call my parents and say, hey, I need more money. And so I just finished Intro to Psychology, and it had one of those big, thick textbooks I took that book back to the bookstore, and I wasn't sure what they would give me for it. You know, it probably costs like 70 bucks, and they give you like eight or something. But, but uh, I took that money. 
to the grocery store. It wasn't H-E-B, but I did take it to the grocery store there. I think it was Kroger. And uh, I got me some food. And I've always remembered that time because that's the only time in my life that I really thought, what am I going to eat? But God provided. And I want you to know, though it's a silly example, God's not going to let you down if you belong to him. He will not let you down. He'll take care of you. That's what the scripture teaches. So let's think about how this ought to affect our prayer life and and, and how this this looks in, in our daily lives in terms of prayer. First, ask God to meet your needs. Ask God to meet your needs. It's that simple. Notice that we keep using the word need. This is needs, not greeds. Not, we're, not, we're not saying, God, I want, and we're talking about this grand, incredible. No, we're not, we're not going there. If God blesses and, and gives you those kinds of great gifts, praise the Lord. But, but that's not what we're seeking from him. We're seeking from him enough for the day, enough to, to make it, to, to make do. That, that's what we're doing. So we're not praying for luxuries, but necessities. Not greeds, but, but needs, true needs. Not mansions, but meals. Not a cruise at the sea, but yes, rest and shelter for the night. These are the things that God will take care of for us. Second, trust God to meet your needs. Trust God to meet your needs. It's one thing to to ask God to meet your needs. It's another thing to trust him and to say, okay, God, I'm I'm not seeing how this is going to come together. But God, I'm going to trust you with it. I'm not going to lay awake at night worrying about it. God, I'm putting it in your hands. I'm I'm, I'm leaving it with you. I want you to know that a key to avoiding a life of anxiety is prayer. The scripture teaches that a key to avoiding a life of anxiousness and fear is to pray and to bring our needs to God and leave them there. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. What do we see? When we have a burden, we bring it to him with thankfulness, with thankful hearts. And the scriptures tell us that when we do that, God will send his peace to guard our hearts. Now, some of us are excellent at bringing things to God and just taking them right back. God, I need this. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, man, I got to work on this. I got to figure this out. And again, please don't hear me saying we don't have responsibility. We do, but we do not have the responsibility that, that should cause us to worry. We're responsible to do what we can and then to rest, to leave it in the hands of God. Now, some of you here this morning, you need to hear that. You're a worrier. You're troubled. God doesn't want you to live there. He wants to give you rest. He wants you to trust him. So ask daily and rest nightly. Just rest. So do you ask him daily and do you rest each night? Or do you worry daily and toss and turn at night? You know, I think of a parallel in nature to, to this idea. And to me, one of the, the ones that's most stark is to, to see a nest of baby birds. 
early after they've hatched. Those, those little birds, they got no hope if their mama doesn't show up with some food. They just got no hope. You, you see them and, and mom comes around and their mouths are wide open. They're counting on mom to come through for them. And if you belong to God, that should be your posture. God, I'm counting on you. I'm counting on you to come through. Counting on you to, to meet my needs. My life, it's, it's in your hands, God. I'm trusting you. I need you. Third, ask God to meet the needs of others. Others in your family, of course, but, but others who are believers. That was the context in which this was delivered. Uh, this message was delivered. Pray for other Christians and, and for your faith family. Pray that, that God would move like a, like a rain that comes and, and blesses not just one family or a couple of families, but like a rain that comes and blesses a whole town, a whole area. Our prayers ought to be like that. We ought to pray generously for others. That, that, and, and lift others up, praying for, for the good of others and for the needs and others' lives that we know. That, that our prayers might be like that rain that comes and brings life. That God might use our prayers to, to bless other people. Fourth, learn to humbly depend on God daily. Learn to humbly depend on God daily. Want us to recognize that having too much can cause us to forget God. Sometimes having a lot feels like a wonderful blessing, but in reality, it may be the very thing that enables you to walk away from God. There's a sense in which our need helps us remember that we have to depend on Him, helps us remember that we, that we do need Him. You see, when, when everything's great and I have no need, it's so easy to just live life in the, the euphoria of that moment. And it's so easy to forget God. And so in some ways, having need is a blessing from God. It's a blessing that, that God can use to keep us close. So whether we've been blessed with abundance or with little, all of us must remember that we humbly seek him, that everything that we have is a gift from him. Fifth, be grateful for God's provision. In your prayers, spend time in thanksgiving, being grateful. Do you have your daily bread today? Is there a roast in the crock pot when you get home? Then be grateful for that. Be thankful. Spend time in prayer saying, God, thank you for the home that you've provided. Thank you for the food that you've given us. Let's, let's show gratitude for the daily bread that, that God has blessed us with. Let's be grateful. A moment ago, I mentioned that Amazon warehouse, and I was reading about a particular one. They call them fulfillment centers. Well, there's an Amazon fulfillment center out in Phoenix, Arizona, and it is 1.2 million square feet. It'll hold 28 football fields. Think about that for a bit. Think of how many different products and items are packed into that place. It's said that, that many of the workers will walk between 7 and 15 miles a day in, in that warehouse. Now, in that warehouse, there's all kinds of things, everything that you could imagine. But I want you to know it pales in comparison to the resources of God. It pales in comparison. You, you, you have a need. 
Well, Amazon might be able to help you out, but I promise you God can cover it. Now, I, I want you to know Amazon, they, they may care about their customers and, and have a good model that, that's working for them, but ultimately, Amazon, well, they're like any other business. They, they gotta be about a bottom line. But brothers and sisters, when you call out to God in prayer, I want you to know he has your best interest at heart. And you know, sometimes I want it to be two-day delivery or even one-day delivery. God, that'd be great. But sometimes when I pray, God says, you know what, Lonnie, that's not what you need. It's what you think you need, but it's not what you need. So I want you to know, brothers and sisters, we can trust God. If, if God doesn't give us what we're praying for in the way that we expected him to, we can trust that he really has our best interest at heart. Amazon's got their bottom line at heart. But God has your best interest at heart. We, we can't understand sometimes why God doesn't answer a prayer that, oh, that, that we plead with him. And in every way from our perspective, it makes sense that, that he would answer it in the way that we're asking. But brothers and sisters, we leave it in his hands. Give us this day our daily bread, and we trust that he will. And if he, if he does different than what we hope, then we trust what the scriptures teach us, that he has our best interest at heart, that he loves us deeply. And any time we begin to wonder about that, there's one place to go it's to the foot of the cross it's to remember that God gave up his own son and he made a way for people who were lost and broken to be forgiven and cleansed in fact in John 6 35 Jesus said I am the bread of life I'm the bread of life whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me will not thirst so today, there are some of you here who in your heart, you have a, a longing, a hunger. And it, and it just stays. And I want you to know what that is. The Bible teaches us it's a hunger to, that God put in you so that you might want to know him. Now, we try to fill those, those hungers with all sorts of things. Oh, if I can get more money, maybe that'll fill this hunger. If I can get, you know, do this thing that brings me pleasure, that'll fill the hunger. If I can get this position or do that, you can get all of those things and the hunger won't be filled because God created you to know Jesus, the bread of life, and he fulfills the hunger. So if you're here today and you've never come to know Christ, there's never been a turning point in your life where you've been born again, the best news that I have for you today is you can call out to God and say to God, I want to know the bread of life who when I know him, I'll never hunger again. I'll never thirst again. I won't have that emptiness in my heart again. And if you don't know Jesus, please, I plead with you how to come, to turn from your sin and believe. I'd love to visit with you more. Ralph would as well. For those of us who are believers today, I want to encourage you to request, to ask God for your needs, to make your requests, and then rest, just rest. Join me in prayer.